Welcome back. Big talk with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. And this is Heavy Metal Month. Right. Who was that? This was the fabulous, awesome. Did you say fabulous? Yes. Killer Iron Maiden. That was quite an intro, dude. Oh, man. When you talk about Heavy Metal, you talk about Iron Maiden. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Dude, come on. Some of these bands that we talk about, I mean, back in the day, this are one of the bands that you talk about and you want to see live. Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Rush. These are the bands that are like, oh, my God, they're awesome. You just want to see them live, play live. You know, even if you're not familiar with any of the new music they want, but when they come into town... You want to be there and see yeah, them, man. Absolutely. This is definitely one of those artists that you want to see. So to me, Iron Maiden is huge and big at you know, in this realm. Um, especially with this uh, this album came out and stuff was it their fourth album? And yeah, man, it just rocks. Uh so before I start talking a little bit more, Chris, do some business. Big Talk CG. I'm sorry, let me start that over at Big Talk CG dot podcast on Instagram. At Big Talk CG on Twitter, Big Talk CG at gmail.com comments emails tweets get in our dms that's it man. get up in them we, we so we can have our watching party at greg's house <laughs> we want to talk to you we want to listen to you we want to be on first name basis with you guys that's what it is yeah man it's all about building a relationship with the nation correct it's a democracy yeah all right guys as much as greg greg runs the podcast like a monarchy um <laughs> You do it my way. You play faster. <laughs> you talk louder. <laughs> You're crazy, dude. All right. So we're going to do two albums today. Peace of Mind versus Power Slave. Oh. But. That was, yeah, that was a long, uh, long pause there. But hey, man, you're yeah, right. But, Killer. Uh, good stuff. This is um, Iron Maiden in the 80s. We were kind of looking on... What should we do? But Iron Maiden has something like 17 albums. That's just albums, not live albums recorded. So mm-hmm. uh, I I wanted to take a, a time, a period of time for me and Chris, which is, I don't know, we love the early part of the 80s, 80s, and, and we know that uh, last one, which was Dio, which is done the 80s, same thing we're doing, Iron Maiden in the 80s. We thought these were two good albums back-to-back that, you know, stand the test of time and you know, awesome songs, and let's just talk about them because it's been a while since they came out. You know, so uh, the first one we're gonna do here. Do we have any other things we want to talk about? Um, I got one thing. We'll start off. So today I brought Chris um, one of the beers we enjoy and stuff like that. So I brought Trip um, Chris one of the Iron Maiden. Uh, they work with a company, and they have a Trooper brand, and this one is called Day of the Dead. So this is Day of the Dead uh, a beer. Um, style. So here we go. Cheers, Chris. Let's get a little taste. Cheers. And we're going to be enjoying this during our in talk. my in my glass here that Greg got me for my birthday, Christmas. True. Tro- oh, cri- was it? Oh. It's part of your Christmas gift. Uh, Trooper, fear of the dark mug. Yeah. Or excuse me, pint glass. I'm going to be drinking out of that. They're good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. If you've never had the Trooper before, really good stuff. And they've done some different styles, too, from um, stouts to maybe like a darker Belgium ale. Good things, man. Good, good things from that brewery. Um, good stuff. All right, let's get into it. Peace of Mind. <clears throat> Peace of Mind. Released on May 16th, 1983. Um, EMI Records in the U.K., and Capitol Records in the United States. Yeah. The first album with their fully assembled classic lineup with Nico McBrain on drums. Um, he just came over from the band Trust to be their drummer. He's been their drummer ever since. And Pat Travers. He was also part, part Pat of Pat Travers, Travers' band, yeah. yes. Um, anything else you want to talk about? You know, this, this album, um, the composition of this album, they took a lot of inspiration from short stories. Yeah. And movies, just to kind of gloss over it. Um, to Tame a Land is inspired by the the uh, science fiction novel Dune. Mm-hmm. It actually originally was called Dune. They couldn't get permission to call it Dune because the author 
Mr. Frank Herbert did not like heavy metal bands. No, wait, let me let, <laughs> yeah. let me let me let me let me get it. Let me get the quote right. Frank, oh, this is what his agent said to the band. Frank Herbert doesn't like rock bands, particularly heavy rock bands, and especially bands like Iron Maiden. <laughs> That's a hard no, right? Um, they also wrote, you know, Sun and Steel based on a, a samurai. Um, the life of, of a samurai. Okay, it's a it's a book. It's it's got all the names and authors. And um, if you want to go, you know, you can Google all this stuff. Uh, uh, Still life was in, uh, influenced by a short story by Ramsey Campbell. Correct. Uh, the trooper inspired by uh, Alfred Lord uh, Tennyson's The Change of Light Brigade. Mm-hmm. These and these are all old, a lot of these are older, uh, mid nineteen hundreds. We're talking eighteen hundreds. Uh, Where Eagles Dare was based on a film by uh, Brian G. Hutton of the same name from 68. Um, Quest for Fire was based on the movie from 81. I've seen that one. It's like the only end dune I've seen that one too. Um, yeah, it was Quest for Fire. For some I was thinking Fire yeah. and Ice, like that uh, uh, cartoonish adaption in the, in the 70s. And a lot of these things that they um, are inspired by, they steal lyrics from it. Like yeah. they'll take some of the words, but... They tell you that they are like it's known. It's not like they're trying to act like, oh, we did this all our own. No, they they let you know that they they're inspired by and that they've used some of the lyrics from some of the poems and hymns that they are inspired by, which is great. And then um, uh, you forgot Flight of Icarus. Yeah, that's from Greek mythology. Um, and then there's some Aleister Crowley in here from uh, Revelations that uh, Bruce Dickinson wrote. Uh, so yeah, man, it's all over the place, man. It's all yes. over the place. A lot of inspiration. Did you know what this album was called before they decided on Peace of Mind? I do. I just, oh yeah, Food for Thought. Yeah. How crazy, huh? Iron Maiden, Food for Thought. What? What was I that? Know. Know. Um, another thing about this album was done uh, less than a year after they released Number of the Beast. Um, you know, and uh, also there's also, they talk about. Great the, album. Yes. This was, um, Steve Harris is still to this date one of his favorite albums that Iron Maiden put out. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, after 17 albums and your peace of mind is still one of your favorites. I could be the period in time that they were in, you know, the notoriety they were getting, uh, kind of moving up in charts or moving up in sales and different album productions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, some of the stuff that we'll go into more when we are listening to it, I'm just going to I'm just going to kind of gloss over this point. We'll go more into it when it happens. So they were being accused of being a satanic band. Correct. So there is a subliminal hidden message before uh, the track "Still Life." It's actually you had you were to hear it correctly. You had to listen to the album in reverse. <laughs> they were kind of poking fun. Uh, we'll go over that when the song comes. But yeah. it's actually they were just kind of oh, you're gonna mess with us saying that we're a satanic band. No, yeah, jokes on you. Uh, so we'll go into that when that song comes up on the album. It uh, peaked at number three in the UK, number 14 in the US. It did pretty good all over the world. Australia, 17. Austria, 10. Canada, 10. Dutch charts, uh, number nine. Finland, two. Germany, eight. Japan, 26. They're not as big in Japan. New Zealand, eight. Norway, nine. There you go. Norway holding strong. Sweden, number six. And then they did, um, and that's when it was released in uh, 83. But it also recharted in 2006 in Spain at 64. It recharted again in Greece in 2010 at 39. It charted again in 2012 in Sweden at number 34. In 2020 in Hungary at 16. And that's it. Some Probably some re-releases, some uh, remasters mm-hmm. kind of things. You, you know how we were talking about like Dio, like who he would have open for, who he played with? On this one, I got some of them. And this is the first time I think Iron Maiden did a world tour. Like this was, you know, peace of mind, world tour. And some of the bands that supported them on this was Saxon, Fastway, and a band called Coney Hatch, which I've never heard of, mm-hmm. but they were theirs. And then when they came to the States, the opening slot belonged to Quiet Riot. Oh, one of your faves. One of my faves, yeah. So, you know, they took Quiet Riot on, and I could see that. So we said 83, so Quiet Riot mm-hmm. was, you know, come on for the noise and bang your head and they were getting that momentum and they opened up for Iron Maiden dude damn back in the day so yeah that's that's a good stuff man and uh they did have some singles that they released from this oh, album yeah. but nothing charted in the US at all uh, as, as big as those songs are today they they didn't no, chart not at the time uh Flight okay. of the Icarus 
the trooper um the trooper live uh all that stuff you know depending maybe they re- you know 83 was just those two i'm sorry yeah I should. in 83 it was the flight of the icarus uh, excuse me, Flight of Icarus, the Trooper, and then in 1990, there was a Flight of Icarus, the Trooper single that was released that charted again, and then in 2005, it was the Trooper Live, and 2006, the Trooper Live again in Spain. They're loved everywhere. Yeah. So the guys were saying that they did um, a lot of these writing the songs in uh, New Jersey, and he said that at a hotel, and they also rehearsed in their restaurant. Maybe yeah. they just took over the, they, the hotel. Uh, read, just reading through, dude. They they went to that hotel. It's in Jersey. Um, I'll have to get the name of it here. What's it called? The Hotel uh, Lodge. The hotel. Where is it at? Uh, point it out for me. The Hotel La Chalet in New Jersey. And they have an <laughs> off season, so they would just go take it over. Oh, okay. And uh, here I got it here in February. So it was probably something that was closed when it got real cold. No one's going. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to Jersey anyway, especially during February, dude. <laughs> Nobody. I shouldn't say that, dude. Some of our favorite bands are from Jersey. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was going to say, you sure Bon Jovi wasn't the, one of the yeah. uh, waiters and Probably. Snake was one of the water boys? Yeah. And <laughs> Could be. Um, all right, dude. I'm ready to get into this, dude. I, I really don't think we got any more. No, no, no. That's good. We, but put your factoids on that You guys one. have been factoided. Yeah. Let's, um, classic lineup. First album with a classic lineup. Bruce Dickinson, vocals, Dave Murray, Adrian Smith on guitars. Steve Harris on bass and Nico McBrain on drums. I got one last factoid. So, on this album, this the album title is the first time that they didn't release a song as the name as the title of the album. This is uh, there's a a lyric in Still Life if I'm cor- uh, if I'm correct that they say peace of mind. So that's where they they took it from. You know that's all correct. Yeah, I just fact checked you. <laughs> All Thank right, you, Chris. let's get into it. All right, man. Track one. Okay, well, hold on. Track one. Comes in nine tracks, 45 minutes. All right. Here we go. Track one, Where Eagles Dare. All right. I, I love it that the bands do a lot of stuff of, you know, from books, stories, movies, you know what I mean? And they're, Iron Maiden has never been one to do anything like that. And they do like... We said a deal. Paint a certain picture. Yep. Man, they just painted a good picture. And they said that when uh, recording this album, they, you know, had that energy, that feel uh, good about the band, that they kept that momentum when recording or doing this album. And you could totally feel it and see where they were, uh, their headspace. This And this is another band that just has that vocalist that is just like Bruce Dickinson. It... It almost doesn't get any better than this. Right? It's, he's amazing. You can yeah. hit all the notes. He's We've seen him live. He's on the stage. He They put on a show. Yeah. They I think this was show. the first time that they, um, uh, uh, you know, Bruce had uh, any say in the, in the music and the lyrics in the, this album. Wow. Uh, his vocals are just amazing. This, this, we you know we talk about openers, and I thought this was a great yeah, song to open up with. It's great, I mean, you, we're gonna. This is what we're gonna. This is what our sound is. This is what we're gonna hit you with. Boom, 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 boom. They definitely have a sound. Yeah. I love the drumming. There's a lot of. A lot going on with the drums. If you listen to it in the background, a lot of drumming going on. Um, you know, and I don't hate it. They picked, you know, Nico to be come up, and he had. A, I guess he has a certain style that really fit in. They really loved and gelled with the guys. So, mm-hmm. I could, I could see that. Their twin guitar playing is great. I mean, oh man, Dave Murray and Adrian Smith, those two animals, man. They, and those guys know. I think they know their roles. You know what I mean? And they just play them very well. We're going to hear it throughout this next album and the next album, um, Power Slave. You'll you'll hear both of those. You ready to go? Yeah, dude. Bring it to me. Here we go. Track two. Revelations. Yeah. See, it already starts off different sound, you know? 
And this song was written by Bruce Dickinson. Yes. He also plays some guitar on this track. I heard that too, as, a, as an additional guitarist, he had a, as a credit. And then we're going to break it down right now. Yeah. They play this live. This is... The song's killer. Hell yeah, man. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Sorry, uh, before I had ever heard Iron Maiden, before I'd ever heard their music, I saw their album covers. Oh, right. Okay, because you know they're not on the radio, so you'd see these album covers, T-shirts. Oh my god! And when you listen to them, they don't sound like what um, the cover of uh, uh, Number of the Beast. Yeah. They don't sound like what you think a band that does that. Right. Right. Sounds like it's 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 kind of funny. You know, they kind of get a bad rap because of some of their album covers, but. Melodic, yeah, heavy when it needs to be, fast when it needs to be, technical when it needs to be. The vocals are great. The the, the writing, dude, it's it, a lot of people say it doesn't get any better. Than this. Hey, one thing I wanted to say about Eddie the mascot this time was, so the the first time you you meet Eddie on the first Iron Man, and then you go to Killers and you see Number of the Beast. Eddie has a certain look to him, long hair, grin, da da da. When they did this album. They shaved his head. They, you know, quote unquote, gave him a lobotomy and then kind of kept that look or style for Eddie on every album up to date. So every uh, every album, Eddie always has that, that little screw or little latch. Yeah, the latch on the front of on, the skull. On the, the front of his skull. And that wasn't something that they took away. That was something, no, the, this is just where he, he want him to grow. I love that. I was like, wow, look look at him now. Oh, look at where he looks. And there's his latch. I always look to make sure it's there. <laughs> See, another breakdown, a little slow, but mm -hmm. there. I was going to say, this song, his lyrics are so biblical on this one. You could tell, you know, it. if you're reading the lyrics, that it almost verses from the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, how you want to see it. And they do that with their songs. They have a lot of tempo change changes yeah. in uh, in their songs, and it's great. Ready to go? Yeah. Give me another one. All right. Flight of Icarus. Awesome. So this was um, Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson on this album, on this song. Sorry. I also took this as. Um, a teenager rebellion against adulthood authority. Okay. Meaning, you know, like the songs about someone wanting to, Icarus wanting to get fly close to the sun and they're telling him, no, don't do it. You can't do it. You're going to die. And oh, I can do it. And he builds himself with wax rings yeah. and tries to fly and gets too close to the sun. And well, we all know wax and heat don't work. And death comes quick little greek mythology yeah. lesson right there from greg wow yeah fly and touch the sun chris huh. yeah sounds like to me you might be doing a greek mythology podcast on the side i'm not but i'm gonna do it i'm gonna eat greek food on the side <laughs> do some greek dancing is that it that's it that's it oh. dancing dancing i like greek food. Uh, great song man good video fun yeah, this is a great, uh, when they do this live, great sing-along chorus. Seeing them live is just all singing along. It's That's why I love going to like rock concerts. It's like everybody's there to have a good time. There's no bad vibes. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. That is true with Iron Maiden, huh? So many good. I think that's more with established artists. You, you know, if, you've, yeah, if, yeah. if you're... I guess it's these. the audience. Yeah. Maybe everybody's just old, and they want to sing and yeah. drunk with drinking some troopers. Yeah. Good solo coming up, man. Hey, one thing I was remembering about the album, um, because I I got the cassette at the time. He says the back picture of the guys is that are all sitting at a table, right? Like they're you know gonna have dinner. Mm -hmm. And what's in the middle? 
a brain. Eddie's brain? Eddie's brain. I love it. And like they're having like a a meal and gonna eat it with. You know, they they were probably laughing about that when they said, "Let's put the brain in the middle." <laughs> we took his brain, we ate it. These guys are jokesters, man. I love it. Right. You know what they say? If you're gonna die, oh, die, die with, with your, your boots, boots on. on. Track four. This one's killer too. Yeah, written by Adrian Smith, Bruce Dickinson, and Steve Harris. See that feel of galloping field, mm-hmm. marching with your boots, or, or what they've said in the in the army military. Yeah, this is you, you know. You got your boots on. You're charging. You're forward. gonna die charging forward. We're not gonna retreat. We're gonna die with our boots on. Yeah. <laughs> Chopstick. Chopstick. <laughs> you know, doing my homework and listening to this song, man. So, you know, listening to Where Eagles Dare, Revelations, this one. I'm like, man, it, all these songs are good. And, yep. and it just was like, okay, I'm remembering where I was at the time. And, you know, like I said, each for me it was cassettes sides. Okay, side A, oh my God, ripping. You start listening to side B. It's a little more different. You got to get a little more deep into it, but mm. so good. And then this, I think this is one of the first times you heard the guys in the background singing. There's yeah. not too many background singers. I think um, Adrian and, and Steve are the, uh, the background vocalists on live. I think I, I I thought it was Nico and Adrian. I don't think I don't know. Maybe you're, I don't remember, dude. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Iron Maiden. I remember this stuff, but you know they might change things. But they don't usually have like a background songing some of that. Oh, one more thing I didn't say about Flight of Icarus was um, Steve Harris didn't want Flight of Icarus to be forefront as a single, like to put out as a single. They wanted to just rely on, you know, their their fan base, and it it, it pushed them into the mainstream. And they they you know he was all oh, shit. It sounds good. I didn't I didn't forget to say that on when we were listening to Flight. Don't forget anything ever again, <laughs> again. <laughs> Let's go on to the Trooper. Bring it probably on, dude. The, probably the most well-known song from this yes. album. Oh, man. This is so good. Oh, dude, when they play this live, everyone goes wild and crazy, dude. It's such a good song. And, and you know, they've even adapted it as their... Um, you know, I mean, obviously, with their beer, they're called the Trooper. I mean, come on, you gotta—that's their favorite. Yeah, they're, they're saying, absolutely. I mean, they forefront it and stuff, man. They. This is awesome. I think sometimes uh, Bruce Dickinson even does a, a costume change before he starts singing this, and comes out with, with the, the British flag. The British flag. Yeah. And uh, the top, the like battle trooper top. He's running around everywhere, dude. The, what? Same thing, the, the lyrics put you, they're, they're painting a picture of what they want you to see. Or use your mind to, you know, what you want to see. It's like a war call. Definitely a war call. It's furious, just like war. You're going into the war, you're the trooper, you know? Die with your boots on and then the trooper <laughs> back to back, you know? I like how this one has that kind of like almost like horse galloping feel. Yes. This goes right with it. It's like the music sounds like the song, the lyrics sound like the song, yeah. the imagery sounds like the song. Yeah. Which is really kind of what they're known for. <clears throat> oh, okay. I was going to say something too. So I also loved it when they pulled out singles. They would also have their their artist draw a picture like they did of the trooper. So it's kind of like Eddie, you know, I'm sure everyone's seen it. Eddie's in, you know, with his flag, you know, giving a trooper with his mm-hmm. trooping on with his his uh, rifle or 
or sword or something like that. And then they did Flight of Icarus. They have Eddie flying with a flamethrower, and and you know, there's on the side there's uh, Icarus, you know, falling, da- falling with with his, you know, flame, melted wings and stuff like that. But every every something like that, every they've done something differently. They always add Eddies in their mix to do that kind of stuff. And we'll notice that through from a lot of other songs that come up in, on their career. Good stuff. That's killer. Such a staple, man. All right. So the next song right. is uh, called Still Life. And this is the one that has that um, hidden message at the beginning. So what it was is so Iron Maiden was being pegged as a satanic band that came out with that number, the Beast album. So Nico McBrain, who is the new drummer, he would have a few beers and he would do an impersonation. Well, no, he would do an impersonation of an impersonation. Okay. He did an impersonation of John Bird, who I'm not really sure who that is. He would do an imitation of him doing Idi Amin, who we all know was the um, Ugandan dictator, one of the most brutal dictators in the history of the world. And he'd, <laughs> he did an impersonation of him one night and uh, they recorded it. Uh, un- kind of unbeknownst to him, but he was, you know, being, you know, doing an imitation of someone doing an imitation. And he said, uh, the, the quote is actually, uh, what host said the effing with the three, uh, bonds don't meddle with things you don't understand. And then he burped. And so they flipped and played it in reverse. So that whole quote and the belch played backwards. So you had to hear it. Backwards on the record. record. So they're like poking at, you know, the people are like, oh, they're satanic. Oh, we have a secret message at the beginning of this song called Still Life. Oh my God, what's it going to say? And it was that. And people are like, yeah, see, we're not. (laughs) So let's, let's, um, let's play. We'll turn it up a little bit just for that. Oh, that's so funny. Here we go. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's what you guys get. Yeah. Buy my records. <laughs> Big talk with Chris and Greg. <laughs> Sounds the same backwards or forward. Doesn't matter. We've done that on purpose. I, dude, I, when I was doing that, I thought my homework, I thought it was Mutt Lang again going, Rock of Ages, countdown. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is that? And so, you know, you, you, you research, man. That's funny. The internet. The internet. This is a good song, too. Slow layers. Um, the lyrics tell a story of, uh, of that, man. It's fun. Good. Oh, cool. This was um, written by uh, Dave Murray and Steve Harris. Yeah. Wow. I like that they mix up. Sometimes, the, you know, one guy will write a song or two of us will do it or three of us will do it that type stuff and they mix it up they say oh it's my band I, I put, write all the lyrics I, yeah. write all I like it when everybody's contributing yeah you get a little more variety and diversity when everybody's writing instead of just one person true but I mean what if their styles aren't really I mean, you could play one thing and you could write a certain way too. So that's true. Everybody likes this, and that's why a lot of the artists sometimes get solo albums. Which you know, I think in our, if you're not familiar, Chris Steve Harris has a solo album today. You know, Adrian Smith has a solo album today. That type of stuff. They just grow as an artist. Yeah. You know, I have these songs. They're not Iron Maidenish, but I got to get the creative yeah. juices out there. And- Correct. Some people like it and some people are like, ah. Some people are like, I only want Iron Maiden. Yeah. You were in that band. That's all I want to hear from you. Play the trooper. Yeah, play (laughs) the trooper. (laughs) Yeah, it's a different, different sound, different feel. But all the Iron Maiden elements are still there. This song makes me feel like I'm dreaming. You know? There. Yeah. It's like a dream state. 
That was the lyric they used to the to say about the album, the album title. Good stuff, bro. Let's go on the next one, man. What do we got? You tell me. Whoa. Quest for Fire. So this is inspired by the movie Quest for yeah. Fire, which is like a kind of um, prehistoric caveman days. Um, yeah. Quest for Fire. Exactly. Without being... Uh, cheesy or cartoonish. Mm-hmm. This was more of like, hey, you know, this. And, and it wasn't about like five or six people. It was about, I think, uh, a man and a woman. Yeah, a couple maybe like two uh, men and uh, women, uh, three men and a woman. Yeah, yeah right. just really on the quest for fire, which was everything today. It was probably their currency of, of there. You got yeah. fire, you have power. And you have life. You have you life. Cook. Yeah. Awesome. Love it, dude. Love it. Tells the story. Exactly. Th- this album is very short. That's track seven. There's only two left. I know. Are you ready for Sun and Steel? Yeah, I am. Let's get it. All right, Sun and Steel. Written by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson. See, same thing. Guys bringing different elements in. Either it's music or lyrics or something, man. Sounds great. This is based on the life of Samurai. Miyamoto Musahi. Oh, I could totally feel that way, man. I feel it in this, in the lyrics. And I don't know if it's from this, but you've also seen shirts and images of Eddie dressed as a samurai. So that might have been from like Made in Japan and the, or, or that album, uh, that stuff Made in Japan. But the, there are a few, I think, yeah. Made in Japan, which is probably after this, before this. They had this, yeah, Made in Japan. And then right now they're on their current uh, album cycle. They have, they're talking about Samurai. So, yeah. Ooh. You don't get a lot of the dual singing, like with background vocals and Iron Maids, but there was a lot of it right there in yeah. the song. So, yeah. once again, changing up, still keeping that Iron Maiden thing, but changing it up enough to not make it monotonous and all the same. You know, on one of the things on the background as you're reading all the small things on the album sleeve, they also said on this album, no synthesizers, which is probably big at the time. You know, Everybody was going that direction. Yeah, from the 80s. Even the, Dio. Well, that, he wanted a certain way. You know, but these guys, hey, there's five of us. Any sound that we can make personally, this is what's going to mm-hmm. be on the album. Hey, sounds great, man. These songs are all good. Musicianship is still just mm-hmm. on point, man. These no craziness on that. Man. All right, dude, I'm ready for the next one. It's, number, it's in this album. Number uh, nine. This is the last track on this album. Clocking in at seven and a half minutes to tame a land. Wow, which we said was um, written about the movie, the science fiction movie novel slash dune yes nice some of the early pressings of this album it said dune on oh, the record okay. they hadn't changed it and they time. had it probably in the uk for i always time. feel like sometimes they do that like oh we can't do that let's just do it on like the first hundred and then well didn't didn't you say like there was another album who who released this you said the first one you said it was something, and then Capital here in, in EMI in okay UK and uh, United States. Okay, so Capital. EMI may have done. Hey, we're gonna do the first thousand in you know with the word Dune, and then here in America we're taking it off. Here it is. Um, initial pressings of the album had "To Tame a Land" erroneously listed as Dune, its original title. Wow. See, we can't find that out, Amoeba. Dude, don't get me started on an yeah, yeah. rant. No soapbox today. Hey, get our soapbox. Get our soapbox. He's the king of all the land in the kingdom of the size of the time. 
So did you see Dune back in, back in the day? I have seen the original one. I fell asleep during the new one. I think I was just tired that day. Okay. Uh, my wife liked it. Um, just from what I saw of it, the new one is better than the, the original. The, the older one's kind of cheesy-ish and kind of was it drawn a out remake or was it an extension of the it was of the a remake? Oh, it was a remake. So they're redoing it uh, in two parts. Oh, so the one that came out was only first like half. Uh huh. And so it started getting good, and then it ended. My wife was like, "What?" It's only half of it. They're gonna come out with another one. She was, you know, excited. They're gonna have another one, but at the same time, disappointed that it just kind of left off. Huh. I think you got an Academy Award nod for visual effects or something like you that. Got, right? I think it got like the most nominations, but it didn't win any of the big categories. Like it got like yeah, like visual effects, special okay. effects, sounds, that kind of stuff. So we got to the race, but didn't win the dance. They got to the dance, but didn't win the race. Wait, got to the dance, but didn't win any awards. <laughs> How many beers have I had, dude? <laughs> you, you had half a beer, dude. How about went to the race but didn't cross the finish line? Okay. How's That's that? That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Kentucky Derby. Went I, to the race and a <laughs> dance broke out. <laughs> I showed up with my dancing shoes and <laughs> ran away. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about, do you? No, I've been drinking all these trooper beers, man. You're, you're not... Drinking enough? No, I'm not. I'm got. I got coffee. I got water, and I got one half of a trooper beer. I'm full from breakfast. Yeah, thank you. Breakfast. You're welcome. We've been talking over this one. This one's, you know, good. It's obviously, you know, you hear the lyrics, you see the visuals of, of not, you know, of that it's inspired by Dune, and and it's great, man. Yeah, this was. This album is. Really good. You could tell there's, uh, like you said, uh, Chris, earlier, these guys either inspiration from movies, from books, from lyrics, from just, you know, stories they've read, uh, musicianship. It was awesome and on point. These guys gelled really well. And, um, you know, it shows off from the next good chunk of albums that these guys made with each other. So, man, peace of mind, man. I'm really mm-hmm. digging it. Really digging it and glad we did a review on uh, on this kind of stuff because yeah. I, re- I remember listening to a few of the songs and I was like wow man I hadn't really heard and this and both in a of while. these albums end with an epic epic oh, song yeah like the next one on, yeah the on, next we'll talk about Power, Power Slave man just ooh, just epic is not the word yeah alright man speaking of Power Slave we'll think about moving on to that next I think alright sounds good are there any factoids you want to start out with uh before we get into the music here on Power Power Steve, yeah, uh, from doing my homework, I read up on that uh, the boys went from Iron Maiden did the if it ain't fix, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. So everything they did for peace of mind, they actually did for Power Slave. They went back to New Jersey, same hotel, recorded there, or you know wrote there, um, recorded in the Bahamas, the actual record. And, you know, pull that out, man. So these guys are ready mm-hmm. to roll on that kind of stuff. That was kind of actually in the same realm. It was kind of smart to do that kind of stuff. You know, hey, we did. We had so much fun doing here. Let's do it again and do on the next um, album and stuff like that. And actually it worked because all these guys are, you know, all the songs and all the magic that they pulled on this album, you know, really worked well and stuff like that, man. A lot of good stuff from... This is one of my favorite album covers Oh, of all time. You know, talking about how we were talking about albums and pulling it and looking on each one and doing this and this and this. That would Iron Maiden's albums are always one of those albums mm-hmm. that you have to look at deep inside there. You know, take your time and look at all the little details in the album cover. Now, I obviously you know Chris, I'm a I'm a big Disney fan. Did you know there's a Mickey Mouse hidden in the album cover? A Mickey Mouse hidden in the album cover of Power Slave. Yes. No, I didn't. You know didn't that. know that. And I wish I didn't. <laughs> now you, you know. You ruined it for me. I did not ruin it for so you. I'm looking at the cover right now. Where is it? It's in the corner. You got to magnify it up. Let me see. Let me see if I could pull an image up for you. This is This is unbelievable. Right, Chris? Hold on. I don't have that good of eyesight, dude. I can't see. Yeah, it. I know. That, but I'm letting you know. They, pro- they probably didn't know that. The artist probably did it. Yeah, but that, that's what the artist said. That, I can't even tell what that is. 
it's a Mickey head. I can't even tell. It's so blurry. Yeah. Well, I'm magnifying it, dude. Come on. I am. It's there. It's. It, I know you don't believe me, no, but it's there. No, I'm, I'm here. It's. It could be. I guess. It looks like it could be a mouse. It could be a bear. It could be a really, really ugly person. Okay. So the artist of the album, I think, was it Derek, Derek Riggs? Is the is the artist? Uh, he's the one who put some hidden things in the album, and he's done that many times throughout, you know, their career of doing different fun little things. You can't. I. I it may. It may very well be Mickey Mouse. It does not a very good picture of Mickey Mouse. No, it didn't say. It was, it was considered a hidden Mickey. Hidden Mickey. <laughs> you I want? Think some? I think I drank one of those once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So talking about Power Slave and Let's get into and it. doing that. No. Well, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Chris was me and Chris were. We really love tribute bands, and there's one tribute band we haven't talked about yet. Is is uh, an all female Iron Maiden tribute band called the Iron Maidens, and these ladies rock. They always throw a good show. Um, they play head to toe, good fun Iron Maiden songs. And if you ever get a chance to see the Iron Maidens live, these ladies rock. Um, it's been a while since me and Chris have seen them, but. You know, me and my wife went into a show out at Paladinos, which is in uh, um, Reseda. Yeah. On right there or wherever it is in the valley on Reseda, mm-hmm. like right off of the 101. They, I don't know if they lost a step or what, but they didn't have it like they had it maybe 10 years before that. Well, they've lost, they've rotated some members in yeah. and out. You know, some people either get tired of it or don't want to do it anymore, or it's not for them, but they still have a core group. Yeah. I think the bass player and the drummer are one of the main groups of the. Uh, I think they had all new guitar players, and they had a couple of new guitars. Yeah, so they rotated off that. So yeah, good well, stuff. Let's man. talk about the Maiden. Yeah, so that was. It. I just wanted to bring that up because that's fun stuff, man. So this album was released September third, eighty four. I think you may have already mentioned that same uh, record companies released them. Um, it was done. Uh, so they did the uh, tour. They came off a tour, like you said. Then they recorded Power Slave. It has an Egyptian theme on the cover. And then they did their World Slavery Tour, which was one of the their longest tours that they did. And yeah. That's when they recorded the Live After Death album, which is a sweet-ass gatefold. We went over that. No, I think there's a po- picture of yeah. it on our Instagram page. And, um, man, this is a great album, dude. This, You know, when we first went into listening into these, I was like, ah, oh, peace of mind, dude. That's like my favorite one. But then after... I think Power Slave, after listening to these, it may have swayed me back over to Power Slave. Heck yeah, man. Um, You ready to listen to it? Yeah, man. Let's go ahead. Uh, Track. Is that all the factoids? Oh, here we go. Charts. Let me give some chart factoids quick. Similar style. Uh, Number two in UK, 21 in US, and then, you know, 10 in Switzerland, 10 in Sweden, 5 in uh, Norway. Way to go, guys. 11 in New Zealand, 13 in Japan, 9 in Germany, 4 in Finland, 5 on the Dutch charts. Canada, 21. Austria, 15. And Australia, 26. They had two singles that they released, 2 Minutes to Midnight and Aces High. Aces High being the leadoff track on the album, 2 Minutes to Midnight being the second. Um, recharted in 92 in Norway at number 4. Recharted in 2006 in Italy and Spain at 64 and 96, respectively. Recharted again in 2013, Finland, Norway, and Sweden. 2019, Belgium uh, and Spain, it recharted. And in 2020, in Hungary, it charted again. So these must be some, uh, maybe some remasters like the other one or some yeah. releases or something. Or maybe they're coming through on tour. Who knows? And then uh, it says here it's only single platinum in the U.S., which is uh, the same. For I think I, I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe too. I really do yeah. on these albums. I find it really hard to believe they're only selling a million copies in the U.S. Hey, wasn't it? Um, I'm gonna say good. Maybe ten years ago, they um, decided to do this um, tour cycle again, and we went to go see them at the Forum. That was that was the Somewhere Back in Time tour. That's it. Somewhere Back in Time. Yeah, that was fun. As that I remember, was in 08, 09. Wait. That's what this is saying. Yeah, 08, 09. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll say 09 for the hell of it. Yeah. But yeah, do you remember we went to go check it out? We, same thing. We probably had crews. I think it's Perkins with us, um, Revelar, me and you. Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, the guys. Yeah. 
Let's let's listen. Track one. Okay. Ace is high. Here we go. I love it when they start the tour with. I mean, when they start the, the show with this. Mm-hmm. Awesome. This song, pretty self-explanatory. You know, Ace yeah. is high about battling. You know, in the in your planes. In Correct. The, in the in the air, uh, Ace is high. Yeah. Good way to start the album off. Strong starter on the album. Oh, definitely. And this was another one of those ones where they took the the song and made Eddie a part of the song where they had the I have the shirt that has him in the like cockpit, the cockpit. like a straight on shot yeah. of the in the cockpit of like a World War II fighter plane and just cool killer stuff, man. I think on one of the last tours they they have uh, an actual plane come down from the top, you know, with all the lights and it looks like. It's in there looking at people and stuff. Yeah, that's cool, they man. They always have something going on, you know, whether it's Eddie and the mummy coming yeah. out with his arms over the crowd or, or whatever. They always had something to make it more of a sh- more of a show for everybody. Yeah. They've always been known for putting on a great stage show. They're all over the place. Yeah. Spandex gods. Get a little of the chorus come right here. And this song was done by Steve Harris. It's a great song. Yeah, I think that uh, when we've awesome. seen them, they've opened. This has been the song they've opened with. Heck yeah, this man! Is great, dude. Track two. Two minutes to midnight. No, man, this is another great song, man, on this kind of stuff. Woo! Isn't this their, their highest single chart? Like, I think on Spotify, this is like the number one song. Or the Trooper. I think it was the Trooper. This is number two. This one went all the way to number 11 on the UK charts. Wow. The last song, Aces High, went to number 20. Okay. So this song was inspired by the Doomsday Clock. Do you know what the Doomsday Clock is? It's a clock that tells you how close, basically, humanity is to destroying themselves. Oh, okay. And uh, the furthest it's been was in 91. It was at 17 minutes to midnight. Midnight being the world is over. Uh, So at this point right here, it's at two minutes. Right now, it's at 100 seconds. And they reevaluate it every year on January 20th. Why, why January 20th? That's just, they do it once a year. Huh. They reevaluate, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the world. Uh, it's focused mainly on nuclear risk, climate change, and disruptive technologies. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. The Doomsday Clock. This is a fun song live, yeah. man. Everyone's singing two minutes. Yeah, this one's really good, dude. So this song was written by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Then you start. You start off with Steve Harris. Jump to the some Adrian Smith and Bruce. Nice. Yeah, this one's. This is one of the, the, the tracks that is, or, I really like. Let's move on. All right, number three, "Loose for Words," big aura is an instrumental. Yeah, this is awesome. I think um, this one, and then the last time they did an instrumental was off Killers, off her second album. Mm-hmm. So I think you so. know, it's all right. Yeah, it. it I don't want to say it's a filler, but I mean it. It. If you're a musician and you love. Iron Maiden, man, this is one of those things that you want to listen to. I even think mm-hmm. they play this live every once in a while. You know, not I too often. Th- I think so. I think you might be right. Yeah. You know, it isn't always on their playlist, but when they do, it's killer. I like it. Yeah. 
Who wrote this? Steve Harris. Yeah. He's the bass player. You can hear the bass. You hear the bass in there? Yeah, dude. Up front, thumping. Nice, dude. Headphones, man. Right? (laughs) Of course, man. Headphones. So, Bruce Dickinson, whenever I think of this song, I always think of him, like, because I think he was into, like, fencing and stuff like that, right? Okay. Like, sword play and all that kind of stuff. So, when I hear this song, number four, Flash of the Blade, I think of him, like, Sword fire. Sword fire. Yeah. <laughs> wow, good fun song starting off, man. Yeah. That's a good riff. Did you know this was part of a soundtrack? I did. Well, I found out when I did my research. You know, yeah, of yeah. course. That's what I mean. You did. Yeah. yeah. And apparently Avenged Sevenfold did a cover of it, right? Yes. I haven't heard it. I'll have to go search for it. But these guys doing stuff, man. Wow. Love it. Right? That's killer, man. Yeah, right, dude. Fencing, huh? I like that riff right there. That's awesome, dude. All right. Let's go. All right. Track five, The Duelist. Now, there's only eight songs on this album but they're all uh, the shortest one is four minutes and five seconds so they're all they're all pretty lengthy yeah they're pretty lengthy but at the time okay you know these guys just um, j- are just making it big from you know the world peace tour hey we have we have good we have a good feeling with the world peace tour yeah was it the world peace tour was it the world peace tour I don't know yeah Okay. I Not peace as in peace, but peace as in pieces. I don't know. All right. But go ahead, keep what you were saying. So, uh, oh, also, also on on this tour with the World Slavery Tour with this one, they um, did the Iron Curtain show. So they did mm-hmm. a show in Russia. Actually, they said that was the first time they did that. So that was good, man. Same thing. It's, it sounds like the duelist sounds like a dueling fencing or something like that happening. Yeah, like two people dueling it out, whatever, you know. Sword fighting, pistols, the duelist. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, each each of these guys know their role in, in this band, you know. Keeping it up, songwriting, musicianship, awesome. Cool, man. This is all killer, dude. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on, dude. A lot of these songs just speak for themselves, really. So, I know, right? Wow. Here we go. Back in the Village. So, um, has a similar sound to Flash of the Blade. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I was reading where uh, Bruce was saying about this. So, this was a nod to Number of the Beast. He said there's a, a lyrics on here. He says, um, was it throwing dice now, rolling loads? I see sixes all the way, meaning six, six, six. Mm-hmm. And that, I thought that was a cool lyric and nod that, you know, they're throwing to people who are still considering them Satanists and, you know, that kind of stuff. So a lot of tongue in cheek and a lot of stuff that's saying, oh, we're not saying worship the devil. We're not saying these kind of stuff. Just, hey, our lyrics are a little different, which is good. It's mostly about stories or history like you said movies books you know they don't usually love songs but they don't write usually stuff about themselves how about that yeah they're writing stories yeah then you you know use your imagination let a song take you 
Yeah, there you go. It's really, you can really escape listening to, you know, their songs. Same thing with Dio, listening to their songs, letting it take you where you want, wherever it takes you. Sure, sure. Dude, that, that bass is just awesome, dude. I know, dude. Sometimes I find myself just sitting here. I'm listening to them like, oh, shit. We've been listening to this song for like four minutes. <laughs> I just love it, dude. It's cool, dude. Good stuff, man. Next up here is track seven. It's the title track from the album. It's Power Slave. This, uh, written by Bruce Dickinson, um, this song feels like it's it's a super, super good story. It's taking me somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And I love that feel from this got that yeah what's the um what's the time on the song 712 wow that's the long seven minutes 12 Second. You think, hey, that that's that's pretty long on this. That's man. a pretty long song. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this this one really goes in with the theme of the cover, theme of the right. album. So if, if you're if you're looking at the cover and you're listening to the song, you're you're feeling it. You're feeling like you're looking at this. And there's another one is green is the cat's eye and then all of a sudden on, on the cover you see a cat's eye green you know? mm-hmm. that's what they talked about or they talked about the Egyptians and you know someone passing away but they would want them to live forever if they manifest their heart or you know take their organs out that type of stuff Yeah, excuse us for being so indulgent of (laughs) Egyptian uh, gods. Yeah. No, it's cool. I think, Chris, we are just trying to get people to, you know, if you never really took a good listen to it, take another listen to it. You know, let's hear it. Let's find out what you think, what you you think that we're doing. Are are we full of shit? But nah, man, it's good stuff. Even if it's not for you. Yeah. Still give it a listen. You hear the background vocals? Yeah. You ready to move on? Yeah, I just wanted to hear him say, Slave to the power of death. Yes, I'm ready on for the last song. Give me his little bit of a song. This is number eight. <laughs> Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> 13 minutes and 45 seconds. Now, to date when to date on this album, this is the longest song Iron Maiden ever recorded. Mm-hmm. And it held that title until recently. I think they released an album like maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. They have a song that's 17 minutes long. But prior to that, this is Iron Maiden's longest song, and they they played it live a few times. I remember I've seen. Yeah, I think one of the show the somewhere in time they played it. Yes. Yeah, and then the first time um, on the World Slavery Tour in Long Beach, um, I saw it too, and they played it. And I was like, "Gee, man!" I go, "Are they playing it?" And like, "Oh my God, thirty whole oh, thirteen minutes," and they did, and they rocked it, man. It's like, and Bruce says that's one of his favorite songs to, to sing. You know, they did it. It, it it's just awesome live, and you know. Awesome, fun song. Wow. 
This is from a, a book or a poem? It's uh, from a poem. Poem, okay. Um, it's it's uh, by here. I got it right here. Uh, uh, Coleridge. Coleridge, what's his first name? Samuel Coleridge. Uh, by this, It's called The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. It's based on that. It's a story about a, a mariner who's sailing the ship. And he's got guests on the ship. And, uh, you know, they talk about how the seas have been rough from the beginning of the voyage. And then uh, um, an albatross came to the ship to help guide them through where they needed to get to. And either out of ignorance or overconfidence or what, the mariner who's sailing the ship, the captain of the ship, shoots shoots it. And now there is price to be paid for <laughs> your act of stupidity. And so that's what the song is about, dude. And it goes through... You know the whole, the story of yeah that's awesome man you know uh it, it, doing some homework uh, Steve Harris did say that this song came pretty quickly together they didn't spend a lot of time on it but you know if you think about it and doing 13 minutes they they put some time into it but he says they just didn't put a whole lot of time into it yeah they I was said they, surprised. they yeah for a 13 minute song. It's almost like, I mean, there's a lot of parts to this song. Oh, yeah. This is a song where you really can just lay down, put on your headphones, and you can just listen to it and just follow it. And we're going to change it up right here. Man, it just kind of started. You can just lose yourself. Yeah. This is one of my favorite songs by them. It's a nice 13 plus minutes. It's not a laboring like, oh my God. Like, I never skip it. I listen to it all. As a matter of fact, I was with the kids in the car one day. They said, all right, everybody gets to pick a song to listen to. I'll go first. (laughs) We were probably about 15 minutes from the house. (laughs) I put this one on. I ran out the time, ran out the clock. Sorry, guys. Next time. Oh, Oh, that's funny. I bet the girls are like, oh, I got this song. I got this song. Yeah, they're thinking of what to play. They're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, next time it's going to be, Sorry Dad, no, I'm is. going first. All right, man. And then, you know, it goes on. There's a little, you know, interlude part in the middle where you, it sounds like, you know, a creaking boat on the water and. Then it comes back, you know, and then they come back and oh yeah, music definitely, and rebuilds up again and and just and finishes the story finishes hard that. and yeah. strong and it's amazing song, yeah. amazing song. So going back, Chris, since we've did uh, peace of mind and power slave, um, and you're you're still at um, power slave is still your yeah favorites. yeah I'm going with power slave yeah I to be honest with you, uh, you know peace of mind still has a a, a place for me so I'm, I'm at peace of mind. That's one of my favorites. Same thing. They're both very tied right. in that's that not, sense. That's not the question. Well, which I, one's better? Which, to me, peace of mind is. Oh, okay. All right. Not saying. Power State has a, mm. some awesome guitar work, awesome lyrics, awesome sound. These both. Yeah, here we can do a quick breakdown. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap it up now, guys. Um, like I said, any, anything else you want to say on this, Chris? Yeah, Power Slaves better album. All right, I'm gonna go look for Mickey Mouse on there, and uh, <laughs> I'm any, gonna continue. Any to other say lie? Not, and Iron Maiden had nothing to do with that <laughs> in the in the artwork. Um, I'm always giving great shit about being a f- full grown adult going to Disneyland on a regular basis. Regular basis. It's I I don't understand it, um, but hey. I don't know. Maybe you guys like to go do that. I don't know. Let us they know. They do. No, we do. At BigTalkCG.podcast yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> at BigTalkCG on Twitter. And also BigTalkCG at gmail.com. Let us know what kind of shows you want us to do. Do you want us to keep doing this kind of stuff? Do you want us to switch gears? Any albums, any groups, any topics you want us to tackle? It's a democracy, not there a monarchy. Greg thinks it's a monarchy, but it's not. It's a democracy. I come up with all good titles. <laughs> All right, guys. So from uh, Big Talk with Chris and Greg, see ya.